Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, UI design as fashion, with a very special guest, Tim Van Dam. So quick follow-up, super important follow-up, actually the most amazing follow-up <laughs> I, know, I right? think we ever had. So last episode, we talked about socks and the design of socks uh, inspired by tweets of listeners and whatever. And then uh, one listener in, in particular, uh, Eric Silva, got back to us on Twitter saying that, oh my God, now he's you know changing his whole wardrobe and he has a budget of 300, <laughs> I assume dollars uh, to buy socks. And then, Kevin, you decided to say, you know what, all these socks companies um, Yeah, I, I saw us. that and I was like, there is an opportunity here. <laughs> so, <laughs> as we know, brands are going to brand. Uh, so I was like, mm-hmm. look, we can, let's, let's take sock sponsors and we'll do some sock reviews. <laughs> so, uh, tagged a few sock companies and uh, so far we have the Darn Tough socks and bomba socks that uh pitched in so uh, they're going to be sending us socks that we will be reviewing on the show um they'll be part mm-hmm. of our, our our grand review to uh, come up with the best pair of sock in the whole universe uh and then we'll be able to direct our listeners to spend three hundred dollars on uh getting a brand new set of socks for their collection <laughs> so, so really we're excited now about that. officially socks reviewers yeah, uh, I'm. I am very excited about this. I'm excited to update my Twitter bio. <laughs> More than I should have, probably. <laughs> yes, professional yeah. sock reviewer. So y'all can y'all can uh, expect some reviews of socks. We'll probably like spread it out in several episodes. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking one one pair of sock per episode. That sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Um, so that's it. Uh, you say stay tuned for more socks stuff and uh with that out of the way let's get this show started um our main topic of today is i still have to like phrase this better maybe but it's like ui design as fashion uh, <laughs> and for that we have a very very special guest uh a returning guest and it's mr tim van dam say hi tim how's it going everyone Going, going great, great. Uh, if, for people who don't know who tim is uh you may have come across some of his work uh if you used goala or if you used instagram or you probably didn't it's a this one app and then maybe you know facebook and dropbox and now abstract um or uh one of his greatest achievements ever uh he was our first guest here at layout uh That's true like a year or two years ago two years two ago. years ago Wow. Uh, time flies. I know. So, <laughs> Tim, thanks so much for, for being here. Always a pleasure. And uh, this topic may, 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 be, may sound familiar to you because this is actually, you tweeted this, and I think, you know, exactly, quote, uh, UI design, uh, design equals fashion, right? <laughs> yes. It was, uh, I think it was inspired by a conversation I had with, someone who was looking into getting started in design. Mm-hmm. So um, they were 
you know, just getting started fresh out of school. School teaches you all the basics, composition, color, uh, all those nice, nice things. But they, they were kind of lost when it came to, like, what's next? Like, what is, what does it look like to do design as a professional day in, day out? Um, we had a whole conversation about it, and then, then uh, uh, I, I tweeted out, my, my little little very black and white statement <laughs> um, because you know that's the best thing to put on Twitter to stir some controversy <laughs> my favorite thing with these things is I don't know if it happened in this case but like you'll get the replies from both sides of people that are like yeah I agree like this is terrible or like yeah I agree this is awesome <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm, I'm currently still in, in the US for, for three weeks so everything here is extremely black and white right. <laughs> how they like to do things i again uh, your tweet was very cryptic and now we know a little bit more we have more context but but still uh, there's a lot to dig in here but uh the way i interpreted this and the reason why i wanted to bring this up as a topic is i so i started my career as a designer or ui designer whatever just as we were getting started into the flat design era, um, of course, the, the previous era, like I was a user, I've seen it. I see all the skeuomorphism. I've seen the iPhone, the rise of all the mobile apps and stuff. Um, but I never actually did it professionally myself. I, I started with Sketch. Uh, and you couldn't do that crap in Sketch. Um, sketch 2, OG. Oh, <laughs> um, all these phases that we go through, all these cycles... Uh, which is very cyclical, cyclical English. Um, but now, like, we are, in fact, like, the trend now is to bring back some of the depth. We, we're bringing back shadows. We're bringing back a little bit of texture, even. Like, we just saw the Algolia's new marketing site. Like, it's full of that. All the buttons are getting lickable again <laughs> all of a sudden. And the one thing that kind of, like, makes me very confused about all this is that there's reasons, there's good reasons for all of these phases. Like skeuomorphism was a good thing because we were blah, 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 teaching users to relate to, you know, the physical uh, objects and whatever. So to make software not as, you know, scary um, and more approachable. And then with a the flat design thing it was like, you know what, let's just be as pure as we can. We get, get all this crap out of the way and really focus on the essential and, and be true to form and whatever. And now we're bringing shadows and stuff and like, well, this is good to create more depth and to create whatever. We always have good reasons for everything, but they contradict each other a lot of times. And I don't know if it's nostalgia or whatever, but I, 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 I miss the playfulness of old days. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm going to let you speak now a little bit more. But what, what do you think? You about know what things? I miss? I miss the the baggy skateboard pants. <laughs> they were fun. They were they were fashionable at the time, uh, but you wouldn't want to wear them today. Mm -hmm. um, I think. Wait a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, you you're right. Uh, they'll they'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> but you were right about these these trend cycles um like you know was it every 30 years or something trends come back and and we're kind of seeing the same in in ui design at least but i think at the like where where i got where i start thinking about like what where, where the quote came from is there are different parts to a design you have your basics just like with clothes 
like, oh, you're you're doing socks. Well, obviously, you want your socks to be comfortable uh, and nice to wear and durable and all that. And then there's like the design of the socks. A couple of years ago, it was most like dirty tones and everything. That you get dark brown, black. These days, like colorful socks are awesome, but they're still comfortable and they're still durable. Hmm. Um, um, I mean, you can go, you can look at pants. Like, what do you want pants to do? You want pants to cover your legs and your intimate parts and all that. Um, like, those are those are the basic the basic needs that that need to be fulfilled. Right. Design is the same. You want a button to look like you can click or tap it. You want an input to look like you can write things uh, in there. What they end up looking like, like it changes. Um, I think typically if we look at like the past decade, um, Apple is a big driver in how we visually style things, like the, how, we, how we dress it up, um, like the, the fashion aspect of it. And they're then the people, yeah, they're the trendsetter. And in case of iOS 7, we might agree with them. <laughs> iOS 7 was like leggings. Like, what if you could cover your body in leggings? <laughs> that was iOS 7. <laughs> I think we got a show title here. But, <laughs> um, but in the end, like, so someone, someone kicks it off, does something maybe crazy, maybe not crazy, but people look at it as an example they start adapting it and then people start remixing mm. it and they're like all right that's that's cool but if you if you mix in a little bit of this and a, mil- a little bit of that so at that point the 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 trend is evolving uh again and then who, who knows ios 13 <laughs> might be another i don't know what, what they might do or it might come from a different place like i know material design was a huge inspiration for a lot of um current trends right. And and that's what I love about design. Once you figure out the basics, um, like what's what's a good usability around you know, buttons and inputs and interactions and all that. At that point, as a designer, it kind of becomes to your your job to stay on on trend or like to keep an eye out and to see what's new, what's fashionable, what's what's everyone wearing. Um, how can I make it better how can i make it mine how can like how can i make it on brand with the rest of the product i'm doing right yeah now? one thing i like about the fashion comparison is that there's very much this sense of like okay what is in fashion right now that like tends to be very similar across a lot of different like companies but there's also i feel like in the real world there's these people that i know that are in my life that completely do not follow <laughs> like what is currently in fashion but somehow it works for them. They're like, they have like kind of their own style. Um, like Tim with his skater pants. Yeah. Like, but it's like, but you know what? Like that, that fits for you. Like that works, you know? And um, I, like one company that you could, can look at in that sense is like Stripe. Like Stripe has never really gone like too far down the flat design style. Like they've always maintained their own thing. And it's like, it's a stripe thing and like now when we see other companies uh following like a style similar to that we very much associate it with their brand because and the way they achieved that is they ex- executed extremely well they made sure that they had these like solid bones uh but then they kind of like adapted kind of the 
what's in current fashion and then just really did their own thing. Yeah, it's like the, the, the coolest kid in school wears something and then other people, because they're the cool kid, they might get right. away with it if it's something different. Yeah. But then other people will, will adapt and they might execute uh, a bit less well. Um, but that's that's how it goes. But at the end, most most people, I think, don't want to look right. different. They want to follow, they want to, there's a safety in, in conforming to a certain trend. So which is why a lot of apps, they don't really look the same, but they have like the same visual cues to them. I personally, I need to make peace with a couple of things. And that's the struggle, the internal struggle I have, which is uh, designers have, we have very strong opinions. Um, and uh, like Tim, you said, everything is very black and white all the time. Um, I don't know if as I grow older a little bit, I just want to make, I just want to meet everyone in the middle a little bit. Um, but like, I feel like uh, a lot of times intentionality is reverse engineered. You know how like people come up with a logo, the Twitter logo, and then they'll overlay a bunch of circles and say, see, like that was the reason all along, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like, sure, fine. You want to like you, you arrive at a, at a place, at a product, at a design, and then create the flourishment in all the, the story behind it. Um, sometimes I'm not saying that this, what everyone does all the time, but like um, this stuff with, with flat design and skeuomorphism in this cycle, it feels a bit like we, can we all just accept that we want to have something that looks fresh and cool and new. And that's why we're bringing back. It's not because of this bigger reason. Um, we want to, you know, be fresh and be new and say trendy because uh, like Tim, like you said, you want to be, yeah. you don't want to stand. Yeah, it keeps uh, things exciting. Right. I went, I went from skateboard pants to, to tight <laughs> pants. I never thought I would wear them, but then, you know, they're actually quite comfy. I do think like one other Even angle to, to this that I, I'm curious to hear your opinion on uh, Tim, but like there's, I'd say like this, this segment of designers um who like fundamentally believe that there's like there is like a perfect solution to a thing and so like once you come up with like the design system of like hey this is how a button should look that like the the theory there is that we've like we've defined like what is the best way to do a button and like do we need to keep reinventing that over and over again or are we like comfortable with saying okay, this is what buttons look like and we just go with that and then we kind of use these same assumptions like to solve bigger problems but then like kind of stop thinking about the visual aspects of that design over time. Like whereas this uh, thinking of UI design as fashion seems to, to be saying that, no, like it's okay. Like it's a almost like giving design like an entertainment sort of value versus being purely functional and like getting a thing done. So what do you think about that? I think it's definitely, at least the visual design part is definitely entertainment. Um, and some things um, change less. Uh, I think design systems is just a, it's a good example of mass mm -hmm. production. Like if you do crazy custom stuff, like it just, it doesn't scale if you, if you need to, use it across tons and tons of screens or right. reuse it across tons and tons of screens. Um, 
and in, in, in certain spots, like you want to play it safe and want to be predictable, uh, in, in other spots, like you have the opportunity to get a bit more creative, like an onboarding flow, for example, like we're we going to do like some crazy illustrations or patterns or whatever. And like, it's a lot of custom work that we have to do for all that. But in the end, like that is a good opportunity for the product to shine a bit more. And then afterwards, we probably want to tone it down. It can't always be the crazy. It's like, I don't know, like what, what are your go-to go shirts and what are the things that you use to accessorize? You can't dress in accessories because then like you'll look ridiculous. Right. I don't know. Like, at some point, this whole thing, like is, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break. <laughs> but the, the fashion thing is still, still going strong. Hi. Um, also, I think it's safe to say that a lot of times technologies and technology breakthroughs drive what is possible or not. You know, like before low res screens, all of our textures and stuff, that was a one way to like, you know, mask a little bit that those were not super sharp. And then retina displays were like allowed for super thin text, which previously was not possible. So we also wonder, oh, now we can do this. So let's do it. Cause now, now we can be different and new cause now we can do it. Um, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid that it, it may sound a bit like a hypocrite for, for new designers. Like I was taught that flat design was the shit and now we're going back. Wait, wait, wait. You told me that we were moving <laughs> away from that cause that was bad and now it's good. So like that was my, that's my goal is like to tr try to find a middle ground and, and there's no right or wrong way. Um, I, I, I have to say though, that the, the, place in time that we are right now like i feel very excited about the future because it feels like feels like <laughs> i can smell it that we are going back a little bit to more like experimental and crazy uis um just like we're going like in fashion we're going to more like garish uh like bright pink colors like from the 90s um so yeah. we, we've been through our toned down where just black and white, and now we're coming back to a little bit more playfulness. Um, the new group, FaceTime grouping UI, we have to talk about that at some place. Like that was bananas, crazy stuff yeah. floating around and growing in size. Um, I, I don't know if we as a, like as designers in general, we're being more open to more experimental because we, we're, we're a bit tired of the, you know, the, the, all the, that think, boring phase that we've just been through? I think there are um, a couple of things uh, here. First off, what you like mentioned, the tools. The tools have gotten really good, really solid, both on the, like, the drawing tools um, with components and stuff. It makes it easier to make them a bit more complex again and still have them scale uh, in, 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 inside a design system. Um, same with like clothing production. Like uh, maybe ten years ago, it was really hard to to manipulate a certain fabric into a certain shape. Today, the tools have gotten better at it, and like that fabric is part of everything. I don't know enough about fashion to give a good example now. Um, but there's also, um, if you look in in, in history, there's this. God, this might not even be true, but I think someone told me this at some point. Like, the better the economy was doing, uh, this is a very specific example. Like, the better the economy was doing, uh, the 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 smaller the bikinis got. <laughs> um, and this is, um, it's just like there's we're going through the same with 
the design right now. Design is being taken seriously, um, which gives us, like, we're more, it's more comfortable for us. There is more, it's more safe for us to take more um, risks, to try more new things. And, which is great. It's amazing. Like, this is, uh, I've had this conversation multiple times in the past week, but, like, this is, like, this feels like, up till now, the best, the, the best time to be a designer. Like, it's a serious profession. Uh, you can really do a lot of fun things. The entire organization knows what you're, what you're talking about. They're involved. They want to help you be successful. Look, at a decade ago, design was just, like, slapped up, uh, slapped on top of uh, the product at the end of it, and no one took it serious. So, I don't know. Or we could all be wrong about this. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, it feels true. I, I, I have to agree with you. I don't know. It was, it was a lot of, like, the stars were all aligned. But uh, I feel like a couple of years ago, with the, with the flat design thing, uh, it became more accessible. And also, at the same time, it became more, like, valuable. Um, so we had like this new wave of new designers and at organizations. And do you think? Uh, do you think we needed that? It's almost like a reset, a visual reset. Like let's go back to the foundation and build on top of that. Maybe. Like I'm trying. I'm trying to imagine an alternate universe in where we didn't come down this path of flat design anymore. You know simple thing what if we kept on adding more stuff <laughs> but I, I feel like uh, like um, the winamp skins. i feel like flat design was almost necessary for technical reasons like with all these new screens this responsive design that like kind of made um like this qmorphic design like not really possible as much anymore um, that's a good point and i think with that um like just in general i think we tend to like overcorrect. <laughs> and so I think this is where like the the cleaning of things and like starting over, starting fresh of like, okay, well, if we're gonna like get rid of a lot of these textures at all, then like let's try to push that as far as possible. And then now we're like kind of dialing things back and like bringing back to like a normal or like a more mm -hmm. acceptable state. Like I looked at screenshots of iOS seven recently and it's like this is so stark. Um and now it feels like it feels like it slowly evolved, but it's actually very different today. Like if you look at iOS today versus iOS seven, um, and so what I think might happen though with like another transition is we might go over the top and do another type of reset in a different direction uh, that we might have to tone down, like going forward and i think that's kind of like the cycle that we're in of like going to the extreme and then dialing it back and going more towards like something that's that's more neutral um so yeah i'm we always push too far and then we right. have to correct a little bit and so, then push too far again i don't know what direction we might be heading into like maybe 3d with a lot of like ar stuff and things like that like that could oh for sure that could be that's like coming. an interesting place to go uh but i can also totally see like how far we might be be pushing that and having like these like 3d toggles that like as you scroll they like <laughs> like move and you could see like it's the 3d objects yeah. that you're moving around um but uh yeah I, I i think we have this this need like after kind of settling down into one style 
to like really rock the boat and kind of start fresh with some new ideas. Yeah, I thought I thought flat design was because Johnny Ive went into the desert, did a bunch of drugs, <laughs> and then came back and just like, let's. All right, I got it. Frosted glass. Right. Frosted glass. That's the thing. Um, but looking twenty years from now, looking back uh, into the past, like we might see that as like a very, uh, a very clear point of of mm-hmm. change. And like you said, maybe other points of change will will happen. Um, VR, AR, super interesting because the last time I talked to some people I consider to be like leading the design efforts there, I was like, hey, I want to get ready for, for VR, AR or whatever. Um, are there some like design trends that we can talk about? And they're like, nah, <laughs> zero trends. We're still all making it up right. as we go. So, um, but I'm, I'm confident, like, uh, I think um, Apple and uh, Facebook and, and, Probably also Google, they're definitely pushing hard on, on VR, AR, and internally, like there must be a system that is um, is being being developed. Um, and then that means once once all the that stuff launches, and hopefully the tools will catch up pretty pretty quickly. Like it's up to us designers to like go in and like, all right, how do we do this? Yeah. How do we Take the the assumptions that the initial people working on this had, and and make it better. It's like when when the iPhone came out, like I've said this over and over again. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when they were designing V one yeah. of uh was it uh, iPhone OS was it called back then? Yeah. yeah, and like I mean they did a, a, a amazing job, um, but that like that changed everything. Everyone, every designer I knew was like taking mm-hmm. screenshot, looking at screenshots, zooming in. How did they do this? Like, oh, yeah, you get the highlight, and then uh, you got the gradient, and then the, uh, the gloss and the the buttons. Like, how can I recreate this? That's where we all yeah. start. Look at look at what has been given to us, and then evolve it from from there. Do, do you think that that's happening right now for for VR? And like, are we missing out on that opportunity? Like we say, we all wish we were a fly on the wall when, when like the first OS, uh, iOS design was, was happening. Like, are we missing the boat by not being involved into some AR stuff right now? Like right from the outset? Um, I think it's a, it's a, at this point, it's a choice you're mm-hmm. making, right? When, uh, when the iPhone came out, no one really knew. There were rumors, but like no one knew how big it was going to be and what the work that was going into it and like what it would look like. We had absolutely zero idea. Uh, AR, VR, because, because I think it's a lot more complex to do it and they're still trying to figure out the ideal hardware for it. Uh, it is a more open mm-hmm. process. And if you want to be part of it, go um, go interview at Facebook, go interview at Apple, go interview at um, uh, was it Magic Leap? Like you know, those companies are working on it. The designers on those teams, like they have it in their Twitter bio. Like uh, was it head of design at VR at Facebook, uh, right. whatever. So if you want to be part of it, the the path uh, is a bit more clear. If you want to help mm-hmm. out there. It, but is that something that you would be interested in or like are you making a conscious decision that like actually let me see like what comes out and i'll decide then like whether or not i want to participate 
I think I'm currently extremely happy with with my life, uh, both personally and, and professionally. Um, like having joined Abstract on on day one, like that's like it's it's right. my baby, and I want to focus all uh, all my time on on making sure that becomes successful over the long term. If I had a really <laughs> shitty job right now, I would be on that like a fly on uh, chocolate ice cream emoji. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because one thing that I've been thinking about is like I I'm very curious and interested in VR AR right now uh, but it it seems like it's not at a stage where I feel like I can or want to contribute like I, I feel like I a lot of my ideas and like things that I would want to do would require like technology to be like much further along that like I like once we have like headsets that we have like on our her <laughs> bodies and that like we can detect things, then then I'm like starting to like have some ideas thing for things that I would want to do. But if it seems like at this at this stage it's like kind of not the type of stuff that I'm that I'm good at. It's, I I don't think it's uh it's as accessible to right on designer in his bedroom, you know, to to because <laughs> uh you know with the iPhone, even though it was a completely new type of device and you know touchscreens were not as big as they are now of course but but you could still do use the same tools you could use photoshop and right. uh, you know it's it's like a it's like a the 2d flat screen like a website but different um right now if i were to you know dip my toes into ar vr it's just so far out there like i would have to it's such a, a steep learning not even curve like it's i i've been at, at um I stayed at, at Gabriel Valdivia's uh, place, and he's super into uh, VR. He's mm. at Jigsaw. It's a Google company. And, uh, I mean, I was amazed, astonished at the work he's been doing. It's amazing, but, like, I couldn't, you know, <laughs> if I wanted to get into that world, it would make it so long. I would have to learn so much. I would have to learn new tools and, and then have all this equipment to even just try and see what I'm doing. So maybe once technology, you know, becomes more accessible, so we don't have to have this Windows like PC rig and all these helmets, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, like maybe someday, when once uh, technology becomes more accessible, we all be able to, you know, add our two cents. And even then, when that happens, you're going to have more designers. We're going to have more innovation. We're going to have more ideas because right now it's just reserved to these yeah. three or four companies that have the resources to 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 play in this world i think yeah i think that's that's a great point um but some people might want to be part of the like the whole like defining stage like even though designers right now they're like they're probably fighting to get a good ui for it together mm -hmm. um like it's basically creating something completely from scratch with no no trends there. Nothing yeah. they can they can build upon. No no conventions uh, there. Um, so yeah, I can see like people still being attracted to to that early phase um, because they're going to be they'll be defining how we'll do design in the future, which is interesting. I c I'm kind of hoping that one of them, uh, hopefully Apple, will come out with like a not a draw I don't know if it's going to be drawing, but like a tool to create those those uis 
like, hey, right. we've been working on this for a couple of years, uh, and, and none of the tools were working for us. So here's a tool, like Xcode, but then something new, um, like VR Builder or AR Builder. I don't know. But right. yeah, it's still, we're, it's still, it feels like we're still a couple of years out for like the, the hardware mm-hmm. to, to drop, the actual hardware. That's not going to look like a silly version of, of Google Glass, um, even though as, that was silly enough by itself. But once that happens, like it's it's going to be it's going to be crazy. It's going to be both a, a, a money grab. It's going to be like tools are going for it. Designers will start reeducating themselves to be part of this whole thing. Um, what's the impact going to be on two D design? We don't know. Right. I think I think Apple ha- is on a interesting position in this race because with the whole AR kit thing, like instead of them starting way out there with headsets and uh, these all like immersive experience, they're starting with your phone, something you already have with AR kit, which is not very compelling of a product right now. Like, sure, we can measure stuff, and sure, you can play video games and have to move around. It's not as cool, but I think they're just laying the foundation until one day they came out with. They came up with like a headset or some, you know, goggles or glasses, and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, we already have millions of apps, you know, taking advantage of this, and it is a way. Exactly. I just mentioned how inaccessible all of these equipment and devices were. You can start with your phone, and you have that right. That's one place you can start. It's not as compelling, but it's easier to get started, and it can become compelling in in the long run. Um, I think Timothy Timothy West, right? Is she working at I want to say Unity or Unreal or something? And they, I know they've been working on this, like ID, this tool to build and design um, AR or 3D experiences. But uh, I have to check on that. Huh, interesting. Well, looking forward to use Abstract on the AR project. <laughs> abstract AR. We'll figure it out. <laughs> You want version control? You have to find your old version in your apartment. I got it. We're going to call it R-Strack. Nice. There you go. You heard it here first, folks? Exclusive. Confirmed. (laughs) Should we transition into uh, WWDC stuff? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um... where should we start? Should we start like we don't have a lot of time, so just let's let's just instead of following like feature by feature, just always say going like overall mood. I start with like iOS twelve. What anything cool <laughs> that we're excited about? Notifications. Yeah. <laughs> Improvements to notifications they've done. Not 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 there yet, but they put a ton of effort. I think I feel like they, they put more effort into notifications than they have in the five past years <laughs> yeah. combined. Yes, and and it's great. The temporary muting, the the grouping of notifications, uh, making it a lot easier to to kind of turn turn them off for uh, certain apps or like have them not buzz or ping your phone, but instead just go to notification center. Um, I'm a fan. I have the beta on both my phone and and my watch. Oh, you have it on watch? Yeah, that's ballsy. I oh, have it. Same, same here. <laughs> I have the beta. Oh, on is it running all right? Yeah, works perfectly. Yeah, battery life is really really <laughs> good for uh, beta one. It might be better than than before. Uh, also, performance. Every single app feels 
yeah. faster. I think they shortened the day, animations overall, right? Yeah, I feel like this is great. Like, this might not be possible to do every year, but I'm loving this performance. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how they managed to um, support a ton of right. older devices as well. With Android, like, you buy an Android phone, and, like, what, six months later, you're like, oh, sorry, we stopped supporting mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> and it also, I think, kind of shuts down some of those... It's not even rumors, but some of those theories that Apple like purposefully slows down older devices so you can you have to buy new ones. Like they're improving performance on an iPhone 5S. You know, if if an owner of a 5S was thinking of switching or buying a new one after this update, maybe it'll, it'll you know it'll get them uh, this person like a couple months. Yeah, and watching the, the sessions, the it's kind of interesting because you get a bit of a peek of like kind of what happened behind the scenes. Like there was one about performance where uh, they were saying that they were basically lowered the amount of like memory it took to like scroll a table view cell. Um, but, and, and it made things better for newer devices, but it actually made things worse for older devices because what happened is when it hit a cell that needed um to like more memory to like fetch more information um it would take longer for the cpu to ramp up because it would start from like near zero and have to go all the way up so by them like not testing these devices as as much like that's when you saw like these improvements for newer devices actually making things worse for older devices and so now that they're like putting a lot more focus on these older devices they're able to like figure out ways um, to avoid these problems on these devices as well, which is awesome. So one one engineer was like, "Hey guys, hey guys, <laughs> you're never gonna believe this. I commented out this one line, and everything's faster." And like, all right, let's spin the whole <laughs> keynote around it. It's honestly the, some of these improvements. And granted, I don't think it was on their plans to have this one release just dedicated to like smaller tweaks and performance improvements and all this i think it was like oh a bunch of stuff that we planned for ios 12 is not ready so let's push it out for ios 13 and because of that you know ios 12 was more they could focus more on these things but is it's just it's just bringing a lot of small improvements and small delights that it's one of the things that made me fall in love with apple and i feel like they've been just so busy and moving so fast that it lost some of that like Mm -hmm. Like now you can search on music, you can search for parts of a lyric. Yeah, and will, that's awesome. You know, it will find you the song Ooh. if you just search for lyrics. That's those small things that they're very easy to be scratched off. Tongue uh, detection, release, am I right? You know, <laughs> tongue detection. It's like, <laughs> it's like it's, it's the kind of stuff that sounds totally <laughs> stupid, but if you've ever used that emoji, like you know how big of a deal tongue detection is. <laughs> <laughs> like first thing people do is yeah. stuck the tongue out that's the first thing work. people do uh but also even smaller details like uh with notifications now like instead of getting a pop-up that says hey do you want to enable notifications from this app it will allow the app to send like the first notification uh but it will send it silently and then you'll have a button that says like hey do you want to keep getting notifications like this yes or no um so it's like kind of interesting how they're like refining like the way that they you grant permission that it's not like blocking you and trying to do what you want to do with the app, but it's actually like giving you a way to trial the notifications in a way that's not going to be distracting uh, to see if you then want to enable it. And it's also like a it's yeah. a win win for both developers and and users because 
it gives a chance to the developer to like explain and show off like what kind of notification is and also for the user because if you install a note-taking app and as you install it you open up and says do you want to allow notifications you're like why this is a note-taking yeah. app why are they going to send me notifications so they say no but maybe you know those notifications could be very cool and and important so it's also it's just it's just trusting yeah uh, one another one of my favorite cool. new feature is Ooh. the Siri shortcuts stuff um all right let's talk about that yeah i think i haven't used it <laughs> i i think that's gonna be really interesting like so there's multiple parts to Siri shortcuts there's the app there's the like <laughs> voice memo thing where you basically like record <laughs> uh sound that basically like a phrase that you say and then that takes you back to where you were in the app um there's also the lock screen shortcuts that also show up on your watch that are ways to like make an action happen faster um so for example like you order coffee every day at this place you could just tap a button and then it has all your order all packaged up ready for you um i think that's really interesting like there's a lot of um like powerful things that you'll be able to build with that, like either through the app or like really like complex workflows. Um, I've been like trying to think, and, and this is going to be interesting to see like the the more we use this, uh, this OS and when apps get updated, like how many things I do that are, that happen like at a certain interval. Like, is there anything that I do like every week at the same time? Like, I'm not so sure about that, but I've, I feel like maybe it, maybe it's the the thing you just discover when it happens for you and it shows you the shortcut and you're like, oh yeah, I would like to do that. I don't know. What do you guys think about it? Didn't Apple uh, they acquired what was that company? Workflow. Uh, Workflow. Yeah, that one. Like that's it's, uh, it made me happy to see that like that basically became integrated with with Siri. Um, yeah. I've been using Siri a lot more also because I had no idea I could. Uh, talk to my watch and, and Siri would, would get triggered. But I read something really interesting about these uh, these custom like trigger phrases that you can set up uh, that, uh, what was it? Apple is going to use them as research to make Siri a lot smarter in the future. Like what mm. is in, like in, in, in a natural way, how do people want to trigger certain actions? Right. Like mm-hmm. I have, I have, I have one set up now, and it's like lift home, like takes mm-hmm. here, lift home, uh, which will pull up the lift app and then pre-populate the where I'm going to um, uh, field. I uh, just triggered Siri. Um, <laughs> so it's it's from there on. It's only like a, it's a it's a one tap to to actually confirm, and that's the flow I want. Like I want it to be automated, but I don't like at the end I want to. I want a, a small confirmation step before like it charges right. me, me money. But I mean, Apple is never going to share like exactly what you're saying and stuff uh, because of all their privacy um, uh, reasons, which is, which is great, which is why we love uh, Apple. But there's, yeah, there's something interesting. Like how do you figure out, how do you train all these models? Mm-hmm. I, that's very interesting. I, I, I thought it about this from a, Slightly different angle, which was like, as we all know, Siri lacks uh, when compare it to Google Assistant or even Echo or Alexa. Um, and by them doing this, it looked to me like they were outsourcing Siri's like lack of functionality to third-party apps and to the user. So it's like, hey, if Siri doesn't 
Siri is not going to be able to answer. Damn it! Now I'm triggering this. <laughs> and Siri is not going to be a, being able We're to, have to, bleep to that. Yeah, god damn it! More editing. Um, like Siri is not going to be able to to answer all of your requests. So you specify what the request is, right? right? Like we lack in integration integrations with third parties, like Spotify and uh, all that. That that Google and 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 Amazon are years ahead. But uh, hey, instead of we partnering up with with Spotify, we're going to allow the user to say, oh, play whatever on Spotify. And, you know, your phone is going to take care of that and not really Siri. Um, well, so, so they, they uh, did introduce a lot of custom intents. Um, if you if you go next to it, like there's right. now like a full on editor with it that that is actually like pretty um, has like so many different trigger words uh, and you can set it up the way you want, like accept any type of options and stuff like that. So it does seem quite powerful um, and music playback is one of them. So it seems like on that front, they, they did a mm. lot. They didn't go 100 percent freeform, but I think they're like slowly catching up. Um, to the things that that people want i agree with you i'm not sure about the custom phrases because i feel like what i want is like for your lift example i just i want to have to say hey dingus like lift home and like siri should figure it out like it's lift is the app on my phone like it should be able to like register for the system and understand that this is a location and so what that means is probably that i want to go home like I feel like I I shouldn't have to pre-select that myself. That I should just figure it out. But in the case when Siri is not smart enough, I guess it's a it's a good it's a good uh, fallback. But yeah, it seems like I, a halfway step. There's also a case. I was just actually thinking about like I would love to say to Siri um, directions home, and currently mm-hmm. that triggers Apple Maps, but. Um, uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but CarPlay now supports third-party. Yeah. Um, uh, to return, uh, like uh, they had Waze, I think, but that means Waze Google and Maps Google Maps. Well. So excited! But that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to use Apple Maps. I want that that specific phrase that they currently use for Apple Maps to trigger Google Maps. Right. So. Yeah, or like reminders. Yeah. Have, never used has anyone of like you notes. tested that? Like, wh- what happens if you say like get, get directions? <laughs> As like you as your own shortcut phrase, I think it'll override right because it's like it's a it's a intentional phrase that you're adding, so it should override. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. It'll be something to test. Anyways, we don't have a lot of time. Rafa, is there <laughs> is there something else that? Um, I, I mean, there's so much we don't have a lot of time. I mean, <laughs> I we didn't even talk about the crazy FaceTime group UI. Holy crap! I like I I feel the, the designer in me feels like that's not the best way <laughs> to, for that UI but it's like but it's kind of fun but um, I don't know I have to try it like it's so wasted space so much wasted space there's like this black background with nothing um, anyway I don't know if I want to talk about that but we have a lot more so maybe we should just plow through uh, alright so watch watch OS it's uh, small things uh, and again giving more power to the developers Thank God. Um, I feel like this is only half the story, and I feel like we're going to know more with new hardware in September. Um, but uh, it's just giving power back to the developers. Uh, like if you have an audio app, like a podcast app or whatever, now you can use um, like 
you can actually play audio and have files and, and stream. Um, can you previously stream? It was just, I assume so. I haven't watched that session. Yeah, that was the one thing but, where yeah. I, have, I felt like they didn't explicitly mention streaming. Hopefully, hopefully that works. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> so, yeah. We'll, we'll I, yeah, I think so. Don't quote me on that. Okay. I think so. Cool. <laughs> and uh, overall, like more uh, workouts, um, like the API is way better and has is way more like secure. It has things like if for some reason the workout crashes, it will auto restart. Oh, nice. <laughs> Amazing, because uh, so many times I lost workouts because the app would crash. The Nike app. Um, so anyway, uh, also just on the watch, one thing I we haven't seen any new watch faces, but we have seen a lot of talk about the Siri watch face, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling, and I don't know if I like this feeling, but I have the feeling that Apple is dead set on like, oh, you know what, the Siri watch face is the default watch face that you should focus on. So if you're an app. If you're an app developer, don't worry about, you know, they didn't even talk about complications. Like, there's nothing new to them. Right. Uh, it's all about the new Siri watch face uh, cards or whatever. So, I don't know. I don't know if they're, for them, for Apple, like, that's the future of your your Apple watch. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But um, I'm a huge fan of the yeah. Siri watch face, to be honest. That's the one I use, and I really like it. So, no complaints from me here. <laughs> It it could be interesting though, like if uh, other watches with complications could have these like dynamic uh, complications, so it would still show like for example like the top card in like some minimized way, like on your other watch face. Could be an interesting way to integrate that. I think the 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 like the root of my problem with this is that I don't trust the their the way they they sort it, and it's all about like um, what's the name. I don't remember. Like the way they sort it, like priority, they give priority to certain ones. Right. Uh, like I want to, when I go out for a run, I want to press the run, you know, complication because I know where it is. I don't want to like, oh, where is it today? Do I have to scroll three times or four times? It'll, it'll <laughs> right. be somewhere. I don't trust the OS to like, well, the hope is to, that to like, get that right. Pick up on patterns that, that you do like, oh, you often run around the same time. So like they'll know to show that the f- and be the first card, hopefully. Yeah. Well, that, but I don't trust that's, that's a dream. What so. if this one day I'll run in the afternoon instead of the morning? <laughs> well, you Siri? <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so lastly, we have to uh, get this done. Uh, Mac OS. Dark mode. Dark mode. Dark mode. Um, it's, it's very interesting that dark mode came first on the Mac uh, instead of iOS. Because I, I feel like we've been hearing rumors of a dark mode on iOS for like four years now. It's in the API. Um, dark mode iOS. So, Someone so uncovered it, it. So it is there for Marzipan right now. Um, so it's like you can't oh. take advantage of it on iOS. It's only there for cross compatibility mm. with the Marzipan thing, but it seems like it would make sense that they would just like enable that on iOS as well. I mean, with the so, iPhone X, the, the the OLED screen, like an old dark UI. Yeah, that so looks good. so good. Is it just me that I feel like it's too much contrast? I, I swear to God, it freaks me out a little bit. I don't like it. It's not. I find it harder to focus because there's too much contrast on like a total black UI on the iPhone 10. Is it just me? It's so weird. It's so weird. Like it freaks me out a little bit. I personally have no issues with it, but I can, yeah, I can see that. I can see. Also there's, there's the, when you scroll, 
like the oh yeah yeah jitter that's annoying the what so like imagine an app like like a twitter app right and if someone has an avatar that it's a like 100 pure black what's happening on an oled screen is the pixels are turned off right um so if you scroll real fast there's a lag because it has to light up the pixels. Yes. So you yes. see like the dark, the black thing like lagging anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> um, so I, I have very small things on, very few things on, on Mac. But uh, first, the dark mode, <laughs> the best thing about dark mode is going to have like sketch in dark mode. Finally. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter and Emmanuel were like, Haha, <laughs> totally saw that coming. Like <laughs> we made it on purpose. Um I guess like in hindsight, they did like they it was a good decision, right? Mm. They didn't have to wait uh, waste resources on coding and coming up with a new dark mode because uh, eventually the OS caught up. Um but that's that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for uh developers to support dark mode. Um like Sketch uses a lot of default controls. And there will be some work involved there. But I bumped into the uh, 1Password team uh, because I was at Layers Conf and then WWDC was right across the street. And they have a ton of custom stuff in their UI. Like, it's a native mm, Mac app, yeah. but they will still have to do a lot of, uh, a lot of work. Um, right. It's also going to be interesting for uh, Electron apps. Like, Electron <laughs> has the ability to detect um, whether dark mode is on or off, like with the, with the uh, status bar and with the dark right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, styling it is going to be interesting because it's a com like you have the the dark vibrancy for the navigation bars that makes sense like that's easy you yeah. get that for free in, in Electron like uh, we use it with uh, with Abstract um, but then what uh, macOS also does is it takes up the average color of your wallpaper and then oh, very oh subtly applies that throughout the the UI. And yeah. like it will like we'll probably we have to wait for Electron to figure that out. But uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm chatting with uh, some designers from from Slack right now because they're gonna have the same issue. Like people are gonna want dark mode, uh, especially for um, like apps they spend a lot of time in, obviously. So hopefully, uh, like we're so, gonna sit so down do and, think- and figure something out. Do you think it'll be the developers first, like like you with Abstract and Slack team and all, they are the ones that are going to come forward and try to get something in place? Or do you think developers will wait on the Electron team to basically support this and allow it? Um, it I think you can, you can support like the 90% right now. You have like with the dark vibrancy, you can detect it, so you can change your theme. It's just some things will look uh, a little bit off. Uh, I think companies with Electron apps, uh, with with uh, a team of b- designers and engineers that care about those details, like they will, they will do it. They'll figure out a way, and they'll be like, might not be perfect, but at least like we want to do as good as we currently can, and then later we'll improve on it. Other people will sit back and see how things pan out. Right. Right. 
Interesting. Will be interesting to to see like which apps update and when, how, and all that sort of stuff. One thing that I saw was even on the web, uh, if you haven't explicitly set a background color on your website uh, on dark mode, your background will be black. <laughs> so that will be interesting. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Uh, so this this might be just like a beta one kind of problem. Uh, that has to is going to break the web for a lot of people. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and apparently there's going to be, they're um, writing up a proposal uh, to have a media query to be able to detect on the web whether or not the user is using dark mode. Uh, oh, but that is not nice. possible yet. Um, nice. So we'll have It'll to probably be supported that. in Safari. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what I would expect. Hey, talking about Just Safari. Like, to- um, sorry, it's about, sorry, it's, I'm almost out of time. Sorry, no, really- go ahead. <laughs> Talking about Safari, uh, Rafa, I think you tweeted something about the uh, the, the the fab icons that they're not right. going to be fab icons. So what I saw is if you have currently, if you have the SVG asset for the pin Safari tabs, you know, which is just an SVG pure black, so it's it's used as a mask. If you have that, it will use that instead of a fab icon. Uh... So right now it's like I either. Don't offer that asset, meaning I'll have the fave icon. But if you pin the tab, which I assume no one does, but if you pin the tab, you'll have like the just the, the I think it's the the initial of. They your also use that for touch bar, right? That's a good question. I don't Not know. That, I don't what's know what's, what's a touch bar? <laughs> oh, for the for the icons. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. I I tweeted at uh, Ricky, uh, engineer at the Safari team. He didn't get back to me. Like I. It's an odd choice because the the thing is like, in theory, this is a good decision. In practice, a lot of websites are using favicons as like a hack. Like we are at Netlify, we're using it as a status indicator, mm-hmm. so we dynamically change and update the favicon. But that's a hack. That's not that's not what a favicon was meant to to be used as. But uh, still, it's kind of annoying. So it's like we're so close, Apple. Wait, just, so just so the is right the thing. problem that it's going to be one single color? Yes, and you can't even. You can't. I don't think you can control the color. Not sure. I think yeah, you can control. Yeah, have, yeah, you can set the color on on that link. I'm looking at paper right now that that does oh, okay. it. they have it set to their color. Yeah. So you could have a color, um, but it would just be like the one uniform color. Got it. Right. I, mean, I have to look into this. Can we can we dream of a future where <laughs> it's fine to have a single color um, icon in there, and then they start providing APIs to actually like badge your tabs. Um, like natively, mm. <laughs> yeah, that could be interesting. I, I'm just imagining like you're like open up Gmail and it's like 227 <laughs> red badge <laughs> everywhere. Um, but yeah, that that could be interesting. Like I I know so many websites that put the like parenthesis two or something like that. So right. it'd be cool to have like a properly supported way to do that. The Safari team like has been absent from icons for so long but now right. like we're all Dude, about right. icons and stuff and status indicators and shit yeah uh so uh final question uh, has anyone installed uh mojave yet tim i'm waiting on you to jump shit I, uh I, I installed it on a spare laptop i had in the office uh but i haven't been in the office in three days so i'm just like i'll be back i'll be back tomorrow i'm, I'm itching to to play with it um i i when you give me the thumbs up, like, yes, abstract yeah, and sketch work. 
Well, then I'm I'm all in. It's, I'm I'm it's very loose with my thumbs up. Like I, I instantly installed it on my phone, <laughs> on my watch. I wanted to install it on my main laptop, and then our CDO looked at me and like Tim, not again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll definitely play with it. I'll, I'll install Abstract and then use Sketch and let y'all know. Nice. Yeah. One of the cool. main reasons that I want to install uh, Mojave on on my laptop is that. Uh, the create ML framework for Xcode is only available on Mojave. So if you want to play with some some of the like machine learning training tools that they have, you have to have you that. fancy. Which like they, they look super awesome. Like you upload a, a folder with like ten pictures and they can start training a model with just that. Like that's just like the so Mike cool. Mike Matas thing. Yeah, the, yeah, I forgot basically, the... but like hardware accelerated cool. and like. It, the the space that the models take is like super small. They compared and it was like I think ten times smaller with the ones that they generated through uh, through that framework. So that looks really cool. And I'm kind of curious to play with some machine learning stuff. Like I had a couple ideas. Um, so hmm. really looking forward to try that out. Nice. All right. So that's that's it for the thing uh, for the show. I guess Tim, we'll have you anytime you want to come back yes. if you want to talk Westworld. We'll probably do that. At some time and place. Oh yes, please. Um, we have to. I'll probably record another special. Um, thanks so much for 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 being on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure, as always. I always love chatting awesome. with you too. It's like our yearly tradition to have you on to talk about WWDC. So yes, we'll definitely have you back next year. Now we have to on yes. on a better time zone, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> the best time zone, right, Rafa? <laughs> the best time zone hey it's gmt zero like it started here so don't <laughs> anyway all right thanks for having me this was a ton of fun bye okay bye thanks man bye so uh that was it for tim <laughs> he he will be back uh in a year i guess um so before we go, we have we have to do this, Kevin. We can't we can't let our listeners down. We have to do recommendations. That is true. Uh, so, do you want me to start since I think you don't have one? No, I have one. Yet? I have one. I just have it put oh, it in the document. <laughs> I'm recommending a conference. So, it's uh, the Framer Loop Conference. I think the, the the name of the conference is Loop. Uh, it's 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 uh, organized by Framer. Uh, good th- uh, good friends, Framer. And it will be held in Amsterdam on September 20th and 21st. Um, I'll be there. I have my tickets uh, bought and ready to use. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to visit Amsterdam again. I love that city. Uh, and uh, we have speakers like uh, Claudio Guglieri and uh, Devon Co., um, Danny White, uh, let's see here, Linda Dong, Pascal da Silva, uh, and a bunch more. And it, it's going to be held on this beautiful venue. Yeah, the, it looks amazing. What do you call it? The Eye Film Museum, something like that? Anyway, I'm really excited about this conference. Uh, again, at the end of September, uh, I, I'm i not sure if they, they still have the early bird uh, tickets. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, anyway, we're gonna put links in the show notes, so if you want to check that out, you should. Yeah, I'm really um, on the fence. I I kind of want to go, so you we'll have, see. I'm, you have to. I might Kevin. have to pull the trigger on that soon. So you have to. Actually, I think Tim will be there. Hm. Well, if Tim's sure. there, then I'm for sure going. 
<laughs> yeah, Rafa, I was on a fence, but if Tim's there. Well, if Tim's there, for then that's sure. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's it for, for my recommendation. What do you cool. have for us? So my recommendation this week is um, a recommendation that I thought of while I was visiting Portugal, uh, more specifically Lisbon, where I went to the MAT Museum, M-A-A-T. Uh, so it's the Museum of Art, Architecture, and Technology. Um, and one of the exhibits that they had there was uh, the Happy Exhibit from uh, Sagmeister. If you like, mm-hmm. haven't heard of it, uh, it's this like really awesome exhibit that's super interactive uh, that has lots of like really cool, interesting things in it. Like for example, there's like a camera in one place that um, detects like your your face uh, to like light up this big like structure whenever you're smiling, and there's all sorts of different interactive things that are happening. Um, but my actual recommendation is not just the exhibit because I know that's not really accessible for most people. Um, but what I'm recommending is the Happy Film. Uh, and so that is a film slash documentary that was produced by Stefan Seigmeister himself. Uh, and it sort of walks through the process of creating this exhibit. And I think it's like a very interesting um, film that goes through a lot of um, deep topics of like trying to define what happiness is. Um, so I think it's well worth a watch and it, it kind of gives you a bit of the same knowledge and same experiences, uh, than if you like would just go and like experience the exhibit in person. So we'll put a link in, sh- in the show notes. Um, I think you can rent it or maybe even like, maybe it's on Netflix. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't checked, but, um, yeah, I've, I watched the, the documentary and it's really good. So go watch it. I'll have to watch it. Sounds cool. All right. Uh, before we go, uh, by the way, uh, we're not going to have, we're not going to talk about Westworld no. just because uh, our schedule doesn't allow that for in this episode, but we promise we will release a bonus episode eventually during the next couple of days. We don't know, uh, but we'll, we will talk about Layout it. Layout sure. World, episode two. Layout <laughs> World. Um, before we go, I have, I have here in the notes as announcements. It's not an announcement, but I have some things to say. <laughs> First, I will be uh, in Toronto, Canada. Kevin, so close. So I close know. To you. We'll, we'll meet up. We'll find a way. We have to find a way. Um, so anyway, I'll be in uh, Toronto on the 26th and 27th of June. I'll be there for the Smashing Conference. Um not as a speaker, but uh, Netlify is a sponsor of the of the event, so we're going to be we're going to have our our Netlify booth and all, so we're going to we're going to be there uh, representing. Uh, <laughs> so if anyone is in town and wants to meet up, uh, please uh, reach out to me and let's make that happen. And also uh, after that, I will be in San Francisco for a couple of weeks. So same thing for people there. Um, uh, let's make sure we we have coffee or beer or whatever um, or water. <laughs> <laughs> and um last thing all right so this is uh, i i really want to i've been meaning to to say this on the show for a while but here's the deal wwc just happened or is actually still happening as we speak um there's new os's there's new apis there's new stuff i get excited about stuff i get excited about these platforms um and so i've been putting off 
uh, updating my game, the side project called Break to Safe. It's a thing for the Apple Watch. I've been putting off updating it just because I don't have the energy or time. Um, but now I'm excited. So <laughs> I want to work on this. Um, so the one thing I'm, I'm, I want to say is for anyone listening to this, if you want to help me out, um, build this new version of this game for the Apple Watch uh, and just like be a part of it, help me out with code and stuff. Let's build this together. Um, I could use some help. And if you're like, but Rafa, I don't have the expertise. You know what? Neither do I. <laughs> I, I built this game without even knowing Swift. Like I knew nothing. You know? We will get there. It's going to be fun. So if you want to, if you want to have this side project, um, I mean, if you do, if you're a developer and you know, watch OS and you like it, uh, bonus points. <laughs> I could use the help. But anyway, if this sounds interesting, uh, reach out to me on Twitter or send me an email. Uh, what's my email? I don't know. It's somewhere on the internet. You'll find it. Um, and that's it. So thanks so much, everyone, for listening in. Uh, this episode was fun. I have a lot of fun. Um, uh, you can you can you can continue the discussion over at spectrum.chat slash specfm slash layout. Um, you can you can ask us questions there, and we can we can uh, keep the show rolling over there. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at layoutfm or I am personally at Rafahari, and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. Um, one last huge uh, special thank you to Tim Van Dam for joining us this week. Uh, it's always a pleasure and an honor to have him on the show. Um, and uh, lastly, you can find uh, show notes and uh, links to every episode and uh, links to subscribe on our website. That's layout.fm. Um, this show is part of the Spec FM network. So if uh, you are looking for more shows to listen to, be sure to check them out at spec.fm. That was it. Awesome. Dude. We did it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>